Hey, what's going on, everyone? This is Dr. Brent Britt. And before today's podcast episode, I wanted to make a quick note. Nick lays down some really good information today, but he also did a lot of visual demonstrations during the podcast. So if you weren't aware, we do have video representations of these podcasts on YouTube and IGTV. So I highly suggest if you want to get the most out of this talk with Nick to watch those videos and see some of the demonstrations he's putting out there because they are very good, but they don't necessarily always translate to the uh, audio format. So you're going to get a lot just listening, but you're going to get even more by watching the video. So check that out and enjoy the podcast. What's going on, everyone? This is Dr. Brent Britt with Science of Falling, and this is going to be episode number five of the Science of Falling podcast with Nick Whitaker. He's an old classmate of mine at PT school, and he is a pretty awesome guy. He's also really knowledgeable about baseball, and that's why I brought him on today. So, Nick, tell the people about yourself, introduce yourself a little bit, um, and kind of tell them why why we should care about your baseball expertise. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me on here, Brent. Uh, mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. First podcast, so... I'll, uh, I'll do my best. See how we do. Yeah. I'm Nick baseball player. Been playing since, uh, geez, I was nine or 10, you know, played all the way through high school, played in college, was a four-year pitcher at St. Joe's, uh, still bumming around in, in men's league, but yeah, went to PT school at Brent. Um, I've always kind of, you know, had an interest for those bio- biomechanical aspect of throwing and, and pitching and, you know, trying to figure out how to, optimize the, uh, the most efficient, uh, throwing motion and try and teach it right now. I'm, I'm working on a side business with one of our, our old professors, uh, working with uh, a few baseball players, teaching them how to pitch Been throwing some, some Instagram videos up on my, my Instagram account, um, which, are, which are really good, by the way, like I really recommend checking out Nick and following this yeah. guy. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so I'm going to try and drop some, some knowledge that, you know, you can find on my Instagram page and then also just um, answer some questions that Brent might have to dive a little deeper into it. But yeah, when we get into it. <clears throat> All right. So, I mean, you're, you're a pitcher at your heart, right? Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, you know, pitching better than I do for sure. Cause I don't know baseball to save my life. I would not survive one actual game. So tell me kind of like, let's just start off with general pitching form and the biomechanics of pitching. So, I mean, that's what, you know, and if we're talking about, later on this podcast, kind of like the balance of pitching. We're also going to get into kind of like outfield stuff and falling and whatnot, but talking about the balance of pitching, clearly you need lots of force generation. You know, just tell us about general pitching mechanics. I mean, I know it's hard when people can't see what you're saying, yeah. uh, but kind maybe of can, do the best you can. Yeah. Maybe I can like do a weird demo too. Yeah, you can do a weird demo. So if anybody's listening to this, we do have a video on YouTube as well. So this is good to see Nick's beautiful face on a uh, nice <laughs> 1080p whatever it is going to be so uh let's see what you got nick yeah so um i mean general pitching mechanics starts with that leg lift so i don't know if you can this might be weird but just lifting that leg up yep so i'm kind of out of the screen here hold on moving couches there we go so it starts with that leg lift so immediately you're in that single leg stance so you need balance if you can't balance in this stance you know when we're first learning how to do it coaches will We'll have a stand here for like a minute and see if we can. Yeah. And most of us can't. So it starts with that leg lift. So that allows us to start striding down the mound. And that starts with a little hip pop. So you're leaving, you're leading with that front pocket. Mm-hmm. You're trying to create a little bit of an angle between your shoulder, your hip, and then your 
your ankle so you can kind so, of make so you're really out. popping that uh glute meat on that stance leg side and kind of almost doing like a reverse like a compensated turn dellenberg almost on purpose yeah yeah exactly and you got to be very stable through here and I'll, I'll get more into the you know the muscles that that i'm kind of attacking yeah um, but yeah search with that leg lift lead with that hip and super important keep all your the the rest of your weight down and it's basically a giant fall stepping reaction mm-hmm. right yep you're here you're off balance you're off balance and then you catch yourself with that front leg yep and that's where all your momentum and force is generated is with that stride because you get all that momentum going and then boom you hit the ground yep met with that equal opposite ground reaction force and that force then gets transferred up the leg and have to turn that into rotational force. Ah, okay. Right. So you're just kind of guiding that force all the way up your body and then guiding that ball towards home plate. So you're really not using much upper body when you're pitching, you're not using a lot of upper body uh, power. It's more upper body finesse. Yeah. And then you, you stabilize with some balance initially, and then you use that uh, balance go forward, hit the lead leg on the ground, ground reaction forces go up the body and you use that little uh, rotational whip, essentially. Yeah, because huge thing that, you know, new pitchers, they think is, oh, you just kind of throw with your arm, you get all your force from your shoulder. Uh-huh. These, your, your rotator cuff muscles are tiny muscles. You're not going to get any force. Yes, 100%. Uh, and that's just going to lead to injury. You're going to over overexert those muscles. Not going to work. So like the biggest thing you have to teach is like, you just got to relax your upper body. You got to create that lag. So that's why, you know, when you leap, when you stride down, you keep your body back and you kind of jolt and that like jolts the rest of your body forward. And it's all about just harnessing that energy up the chain, of, um, kinetic chain. Ah, okay. All yeah. right. So, so let's say, let's say a pitcher has terrible balance, right? Absolutely yeah. just dog shit. They can't, they can't bounce in the left. Um, they can sit, stand on one leg, but when they go into that kind of forward lean and that front leg goes down and maybe they're just not very stable, I mean, does that affect them much? But you're kind of, you're picking up the back leg while you're doing that, right? So you kind of almost land on one leg. Is that correct? Uh, or does that depend on the pitcher? No, you don't. You, you land kind of in that stride stance. Okay. I guess. So you're on two feet as you're rotating. And then once you release, that's when that back leg kind of whips up and around. Ah, okay. And that was another point I was going to make was if you can't balance on that follow through, if you're just falling off to the side, that puts you in a really like unsafe position on the mound because you're so close to the the batter. If a ball is to be hit back to you, yeah, you know, you're not really in a place to react. Or if you know someone lays down a bunt or there's a there's a play you can make, you're off balance. You're not going to be able to make it. You know, so that's it's, it's not as much about the the uh, throwing motion, but more. Once you pitch it and release, then you're a fielder. And that, that kind of allows you to, to better do that, I guess. So better balance and you know, transfer more over to your, your ability to change basically your job in that moment from being yeah. a pitcher to being a fielder and catching a ball yeah. comes at you. Um, or even even if you're not ready to catch the ball, get out of the way, I would assume, and just kind of like duck out of the way so you can get beamed in the face possibly. Yeah, yeah. If you're, if you're throwing and you're landing all off balance, you're, you're in a pretty vulnerable position. 
you, you can get smoked by a ball. And, yeah. So how really do you good. how do you work on that with some of your clients? I mean, I saw you're working with this on your Instagram. You're posting some videos of this kid you've been working with, and he's looks like a all star. I mean, I'm sure you're gonna <laughs> turn him into a better one. But um, yeah. you know, kind of kind of give me what your thought process is. If someone comes in and they, you know, they're a decent pitcher. They've been pitching for a while, especially if they're a kid. You know, been playing little league and whatnot, but they have room for improvement. Whether it be in balance, whether it be in force production, what are some of the things you're working on? Well, the biggest thing is uh, I always start with the legs, making sure that they're using their legs, using their hips to to, to generate their their power, mm-hmm. because it's not something that's like it's it's not like a natural thing to do when you're throwing. All you think about is using your arm. You don't think about how do, how do I use my legs correctly. So I always start with that initial movement there. Uh, okay get you in the right direction down the mound nick is showing that uh single leg kind of leg raise at the initial part of the pitch correct and then kind of shows the the hip pop that he calls yeah. it as initial thing as he works on because that's that's the initial direction you're, you're going you know towards home plate yep. if you know oftentimes they'll just kind of passively just step down the mound and then for righty they'll be stepping more to the right side of the plate and then they yep. end up throwing it across their body to, uh, to compensate. And if you think about like basic physics, you know, you want that straight path right to home plate. Whereas mm-hmm. if you're a little off and then you're coming across, you're losing force that way, you're losing it that way. It's not all directed in the same spot. Yeah. Plus they're losing so much power already because they're just have that lazy kind of step through where they're not yeah. using their hips and their legs. So you're probably yeah. cutting your power in half or nothing. And I'm assuming that kind of stuff is, I can correct me if I'm wrong. I'm not a big baseball guy, but using the arms like that is going to lead to a lot of rotator cuff injuries. Uh, I'm sure Tommy John type stuff, you know, surgeries that need to happen. Um, yeah. Would that be correct? Kind of using that, oh. overutilizing that arm more? Yep. Because then it also, if you start getting out in these vulnerable angles, you know, I guess I can get into it a little bit here too, but like yeah, go for it. more compact arm where you're, you know, less than 90 degrees here less than 90 degrees here. So you're all in like that. Uh-huh. That just minimizes all that extra stress. If you're out like that, so you can feel like the stretch on your shoulder and, and elbow when you're like that. No, does, does that make sense? Yeah, it totally makes sense. So you're keeping the, you're keeping the arm kind of tucked in the body, maybe like a 30 or 45 degree angle on the side. I'm sure you have some. As angles. long as it's in, inside and, 90 degrees. Is kind all right. Of- Keep that arm in compact versus coming out and trying to get all the whip from a straight arm as if you're really trying to throw. Versus you do, I mean, you're going to unravel, but you want to unravel out in front. Out in front. Okay. Out here. That's when you're going to get those shoulder injuries and those elbow injuries. Ah, I got you. So compact in the initial. And then as you're directing it and kind of using that finesse to throw where you're going, that's where that arm is going to come straight. Um, Whereas if you do it the opposite, go on. Yeah. If you think about like, moment arms yep. whatnot torque this is a really long moment arm when you're unraveling out here so that's so much more torque you know on your ucl on your rotator cuff yes so if you minimize that torque that's just going to preserve you you know that much longer keep the game that much longer <clears throat> yeah I'm sure that's one of the number one injuries especially in kids yeah and throwing it's such an unhealthy like thing for your arm like it's terrible like this is the pitcher saying that guys blow your arm up like oh my gosh so in i mean it takes hundred thousands of throws to like get injuries you know it's just repetitiveness so yes throwing i mean if you, if you don't pitch much like 
you're probably not going to injure yourself throwing a hundred times, but it's for just sure. that wear and tear like over and over and over for years and years. It's just going to blow you up. Well, yeah, so by the time you're in a major league game and you're pitching, you've probably pitched thousands upon thousands, if not oh, more yeah. than that. Right. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. just been wearing down for years. And if you have a little bit of technique flaw, I'm sure it just. Yeah. Gets, that just yeah. gets exposed over time. Yeah. So how do you, um, so you talked about kind of you working initially on that kind of uh, one-legged stance, one leg's race up to kind of 90 degrees and you start working on that hip hop towards kind of towards the mound or towards home plate, excuse me. What's your next kind of step with the step throughs um, kind of transitioning and using that, that balance, which gives you a good base and then allows you to generate the power from the ground through the ball. Uh, Kind of give me the setup. What's your strategy from, you know, first time you see a kid, uh, or a client and then to when they're actually doing pretty good pitches, kind of what's the setup there. Yeah. So like I said, we start with that, you know, that initial mo- motion towards home plate, teach them how to stride down the mound, keeping that front leg closed longer. Mm-hmm. That's preserving all your power. And so the longer you can kind of keep that internal rotation of that hip before popping it open at the end, that's way more power you're going to develop mm-hmm. and then landing kind of with a closed 45 degree angle of your foot about i mean i you don't want to create robots here yeah so this is like general i'm not going to be like you need to land at this exact angle here but more like land try to keep your front leg closed a little bit longer you know i gotcha and then working on so once we get them to stride down getting their you know, hold that internal rotation just that much longer. They're landing and then teaching that, turning that linear uh, momentum, turning it into a rotational force. Okay. So that goes with the hands or the hips. Yep. You're striding down, boom, you're, you hit the ground. That's all linear. And then you pop the hips and that turns into that rotational force. Ah, uh, okay. And are, are you using more of the, I mean, you're using both hips, right? But are you focusing or do you ever tell your clients to focus more on like internal rotation of that front hip or just switching those hips all the way around? Like, is there a cue you use for them to kind of get that force transfer a little bit easier in their brain? So it's it's a real, real tough like thing to, to grasp, especially when you're doing a full full speed pitch. Yep. Uh, it's, it's crazy hard. But basically it should be that back hip kind of leading the way. Okay. So you're driving that back knee down to the ground. And then one thing I kind of, I picked up recently was you actually want to lock that front leg out as well. Cause that kind of finishes the rotation. Mm-hmm. You're just here. This is kind of blocking you from, from finishing all that. So you got to lock that front leg out. I don't know if you can see. I totally see that. I mean, that's perfect. And if anybody's listening to this again, I re- highly recommend you watch it on YouTube because uh, Nick's laying down some good, information here so you kind of just popping that hip backwards almost kind of using the hip flexor to kind of lock it out yep yeah so you're here this front leg snaps back and then you just kind of let the force ride up through your trunk up through your shoulders mm. and then kind of that video you, you mentioned before right i showed the uh the force travel up the body yeah i was gonna say directing that force to home plate it's not creating any <laughs> i got you okay so the the Start off with decent balance, set up the pitch. You're going to go, you know, jut that leg forward, hit it at a closed angle. And I'm assuming that's so there's better force transfer instead of kind of riding out and going over your toes almost. Yeah, it allows you to have space to to open 
pop your hips a little bit. Ah, okay. If you're landing with open hips, you're not getting any, any rotation there. So you got to create, you have to keep that internal rotation to externally rotate. Gotcha. Okay. And then after you get all that force transfer through the hips, you know, are turned and you lock out that front leg, then the upper body just rides it out. Right. You kind of, it's more of a finesse and direction thing, rides it out and uses that momentum you already created. At that point, there's no more force being generated. It's all about how, how do you harness that energy you just created and um, minimize all the energy leaks. It's all about timing and just having your, the right muscle firing at the right time. That's, that's the, hardest thing to, to teach. I think I just learned why I suck at throwing baseball. <laughs> <laughs> I use all upper body. I got no, I got no lower body uh, yeah. mechanics at all going on there. But this is, this, this is like high level stuff. This is like, I mean, this is to get to like that next level, like of, of throwing. I mean, okay. you can be a good pitcher and not really do like, I mean, I never knew all this stuff when I was really playing. I was yeah. just throwing. So this is kind of for that next level, next, well, next level step. All I'm saying is I, I can at least after hearing this, I can at least outpitch a five-year-old. Like I'm cool with that. That's all I need in life. That's, that's all I want. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, anything else on pitching you think that would be important kind of, I mean, in terms of like balance or, uh, falling type stuff, anything that comes to mind? I mean, I know you're working on the performance side. You don't really want your guys to fall at all when they're pitching. That just complete, I mean, defeats the whole point, but, um, Anything molding in your brain about those things? Anything, anything else thinking of? In terms of falling, it's really that initial fall from, you know, leg lift to land and that step reaction I was talking about. That's kind of the, the big concept there. Is there, uh, is there any, but, um, sorry, I was just thinking right off that, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but is there any risk for, and I doubt there is unless someone has an ACL injury or something, but risk for like that front knee buckling, if they get too much force on that, you know, front step. And then, I mean, has, has that happened to pitchers? I mean, I'm sure it has in some weird context, but. Uh, I don't think so. Not that I've heard of. I don't know if it'd be, I don't think it'd be very common. I don't, yeah, I don't uh, either, but it's just something like I know in my brain. From, from personal experience, I get patella tendonitis real bad in that front knee. Ah, okay. Um, so I can, that's more of just an overused repetitive thing, but I can't imagine there'd be, I mean, unless you're really landing with like a, I don't know, valgus force. I mean, mm-hmm. which, yeah, if you're doing that, I don't think you're generating, I don't think you're that athletic and generating much, <laughs> much power anyways, but. Well, you, probably um, work, you probably worked that out in high school or something. I'm sure your coaches or middle school, even like coaches are probably getting on you about, you got to keep that knee straight and keep it yeah. strong. Right. But it, to that point, though, it is important to, to have that strong front leg stabilizing because if you're, you know, striding down the mound, see if I can show. Yeah, perfect. Game. I made a post not too long ago about how when you land, you want to be landed in that abducted external rotation because that's such yep. a more um, stable position. Uh-huh. If you're landing for that collapsed knee, that's going to be all over the place. That's an energy leak everywhere. So yes. You want to be able to stabilize, and that allows for a, a firm platform for that energy to travel up. Whereas if you're flimsy landing kind of with a collapsed leg, that's just energy loss. Okay. Sense. So in my my science of falling brain, I'm looking at this and I'm saying, I mean, in my brain, I'm like, all right, you got the performance side. You definitely know how to do all that. In my brain, I don't know any of that. So it goes to different kind of angles. And I'm like, all right, well, so the balance to start off, you obviously got to make sure you can stand on one leg because that's um, imperative just to start the movement off. Yeah. Strong um, 
gluteus medius, as I'm assuming, because you have to get that little hip pop and the rotation in there. And then you got to have stable lower legs because if you don't have stable lower legs, energy leaks and you have no force transfer and then you're throwing like me, which no one wants to throw like me. So, I, I mean, it, ha it has a lot to do with it, but I'm sure just in general athletics, you know, baseball players are using their legs a lot. They probably got that stability down. And mm -hmm. you, I mean, you're not working on balance too much with these clients, I'm assuming. Well, we do a lot of, I like to throw a lot of single leg, lower leg or leg exercises, at least as a warm up. Yep. Um, and one of the questions you asked or sent me was, uh, key muscles, like yeah. the target, definitely the, you know, all the glute muscles, the glute max, glute med, the hamstrings, really the posterior chain. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking to, to activate, I can kind of demonstrate because I want them to be able to sit back. Yes. Right. So you're sitting back, getting the glutes. The hammies fired up. Uh -huh. Those are much bigger muscles than if you're up on your toes and you're using your quads. Mm -hmm. And that just kind of, if you're up on your toes, then you're, you're you're not really pushing towards home plate. I want them sitting back, <clears throat> back on their heel a little bit more. And that gives a much more straighter line towards home plate. I gotcha. And then so, you're, ten you're tensing up those big muscles and kind of get them ready to explode and contract yeah. towards you, home plate. You can push a lot harder generate a lot more force with your glute and your hammies than you can with just your quad. You know? Perfect. Okay. <clears throat> uh, I would assume that's one of the biggest detriments most young pitchers do is they don't use those big muscles along with using their upper body only, but they're not using those big muscles as efficiently as they could. Yeah. And it is such a, it's something you have to learn. It's not something you naturally do, you know? Yeah. It's not very, it's not intuitive at all, but then, yeah, just so some exercises I, I like to, to throw their way, you know, for warmups or strengthening purposes, like a single leg squat to, to a tall box, mm -hmm. um, single leg squat off like a short box where you're just kind of tapping your heel down. One of my favorite exercises, man. You just, yeah. I love that one. Yeah. It's awesome. And then always having them focusing on, you know, their, their, their shin angle. Mm -hmm. So I want that shin to be, you know, vertical. And then I also want that knee to track slightly out, avoding any of that valgus collapse you know yeah gotcha uh, another one i like to do is uh lateral band walks kind of maintaining that that mini squat position yeah in the heels that's just loading up the posterior chain as well any sort of like single leg rdls any lunge variation i started doing one of my clients i did it's like a bulgarian split squat lunge with a with a band pulling his knee into a valgus so he had to resist it ah yeah yeah just really getting that control of that front knee, I would assume. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so those like lunges, the RDLs, that's more for that front leg. Um, yeah. The single leg squats would be more for the back leg. Yeah. All right, so using a lot of unilateral work to make sure that they have that stability to allow mm -hmm. the actual force transfer. I mean, the stability is just kind of prerequisite, right, for the actual oh, yeah. pitcher. I would yeah, you need stability. World's is going to leak energy everywhere. Everywhere. That's what I do. That sounds terrible. <laughs> So we talked a little bit about pitching, you know, obviously, I mean, were you, I'm assuming you were a decent hitter too, when you were I hit in high school, hitting men's league a little bit, <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Nick's a stud, everybody. He, he plays himself <laughs> down. He's a stud. Tell me a little bit about the, you know, the situation when you're hitting, like what, what is, I mean, is it. Hitting is very similar. It's got it, similar yeah. mechanics or lower, lower half mechanics. You know, you got that same drive with that back hip. Yep. Um, some power hitters, you'll see they take a big stride like that. 
that gets the momentum and then they pop that hip, kind of lock that front leg out. You create that lag between your hips and your shoulders. They call it hip shoulder separation. So okay. you kind of feel a twist in your trunk. It's like a like a rubber band almost. So you're like winding it up or a wind up toy where you wind it up and yes. releases, you know. All right. So very similar mechanics to pitching, but now you are using a little bit more of that rotational force. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead of using that rotation to transfer momentum, the rotational force is kind of winding up and getting ready to be a spring essentially and come through and just knock that ball out. Yeah. And yeah, a key, huge point, even with, I didn't quite mention it with pitching, but creating that separation with your, your hips and shoulders. So your, your hips are square yep. while your shoulders are back and that creates a, a twist through your trunk and you should feel like a, a stretch through your spine, through your abs. Okay. That's that unwinding. That's that, that's where you get all that force. If your hips and trunk or shoulders were to stay together, opening like a door. Yeah then you have absolutely no power. You're just using arms. You're not going to hit the ball out of the infield. So. Again, exactly why I suck at baseball. I'm learning so much. <laughs> I'm, about to be, I'm about to be on. I mean, I'm out in, out in California now, so I'm about to be on the Oakland A's here pretty soon after hearing this. I don't know if that's yeah. a big uh, achievement, but, you know, depending who you are, it depends. <laughs> that's super interesting, though, because I've never actually thought about pitching and hitting as the same movement. But now that you kind of explain, broke it down it basically is right i mean obviously a smaller different mechanics up top and everything but the yeah, lower I mean, body's actually going riding so far and uh but it's the same sort of hip uh rotation mechanics same leg mechanics yeah um, it's just yeah hitting your it's a you know you, you do a slight step you're not striding very far but you also have the bat so you don't need to generate as much force through your body as you do with pitching because you got so, that longer lever arm to hit with yeah Exactly. Perfect. All right. Let's talk about the falling aspect of baseball. I mean, baseball players are falling all the time, whether they be purposely sliding in the plate, home plate, and whether they be diving for a baseball or if they're like going for an insane catch over the wall and then they have to, you know, somehow get back down without hurting themselves, which doesn't always happen. I've seen, we've all seen some pretty gnarly catches. Like what's the, how does a baseball player prepare for that? I mean, do you ever train falling or is it kind of like you catch the ball no matter what and just hope, hope for the best? Yeah. I mean, diving catches, it's, it's, it's tough to, to coach that because there's so much inconsistency you know, you could have a ball way up here. You could have one down at the shoelaces coming in, going back, you know, it's just basically a layout for it, do whatever you can to catch it. And then, Mm -hmm protect your shoulders, your arms, your head when you land, basically. I mean, especially at the higher levels, it's all instinctual. Yeah. It's not really something that's practiced, but, you know, holding your head up, not letting it slam down. And then also holding your arms out like that. Kind of in a wide <clears> position. Just kind of, just kind of riding out. Like you catch the ball, then you land, you slide, just kind of riding that out, just letting it happen. Yeah. It, it's, it's tough. It's not really something we, you really practice, Mm-hmm. Like ex- you don't practice like diving catch technique. You just practice. Oh, go make the play, you know, make, make the play and don't hurt yourself yeah. and do whatever yeah, you can to make exactly. it. The, the most dangerous diving catches are the ones where you're, you're running in at the ball and you're outstretched with your glove. Your glove can get caught on the ground. Oh. Whip your, your wrist back. Uh, I've seen shoulder dislocations. Yeah. You can definitely easily get a concussion. So I don't know if you have any experience with or 
ideas on how to better fall in those like extreme situations. I know you deal more with like, you know, elderly probably fallen and yeah right right now i do but i mean i have i have some young people working on that too but you know i'm trying to get more into you know to basically teach i think i think the thing with science of falling and the thing with falling in general is i saw this gap in pt where we never teach you know the elderly fall risk quote unquote how to fall but then i also realized that almost no one knows how to fall and that's why i'm always really intrigued by sports because Sports are this weird world where when we're watching people on TV, they're so athletic. They naturally know how to use their body and fall correctly. Like you're saying, like they just, I mean, it's instinctual, right? But I figure these type of people have been playing for so long. They've had their fair share of bad falls when they were a kid, but they're more resilient, right? You just kind of bounce up and you're fine. And you kind of naturally learn over, you know, maybe 10, 20, 30 falls that, all right, maybe I need to tuck and roll a little bit more. Um, like I've seen uh, some videos of people, players running towards home plate and they jump over the catcher and they do a basic little dive roll. They've never thought about doing it in their life, but they can do it because they know, well, my, my goal is to absorb force and not hit my head. So they naturally roll. I don't think a lot of young players know how to do that stuff. Cause they haven't had the, the, I guess the variable, uh, sport experience yet to have those differing scenarios where they have to figure out what to do. So I, th- I think baseball players do have that instinctual kind of feeling, but also, like you said, the main priority is not necessarily, especially when you're playing in the major leagues to save yourself, but to get the ball and make the play Yeah, and hope for the best afterwards. Kind of. Yeah. Uh, Those guys are so crazy in the head that they'll dive through a freaking wall to make a catch. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, they're like robots. Like you have one focus. I'm getting this ball no matter what. Yeah. They, I mean, they could care less about their, their own well-being and bodies. They're just trying to make the play, you know, uh-huh. I think uh, like you're saying uh, with like the younger kids, maybe not having the instinctual ability of how to, you know, control your body when you're in the air and how to, how, how to fall correctly. I think that speaks to how important it is for kids to just play so many different sports to learn how to, um, you know, all just get comfortable with all different kind of body movements and, you know, athletic plays. And that's why I would never want, you know, have a kid just try to specialize and be an outfielder or something from little league. It's like play all the sports, get comfortable with laying out your body and, uh, making plays and doing all sorts of different things, you know, mm-hmm. and then start to specialize a little bit more once you get close, you know, high school, college, yeah, and I think I was, that's that's kind of where learn how to fall properly and whatnot, and just through experience like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I agree. I was actually that because you're in Portland, Maine, right now, and uh, or South Portland, excuse me, where you're living at right now, right? Do you listen to Mike Reynolds from down from Champion PT in Boston at all? He has a podcast. All right, so he actually just had I don't know if it was just, but I li- recently listened to one two days ago, I think about this multi-sport specialization or specializing early. And it was really interesting because he's saying the same thing. I think as PTs, we all know this, like when you're a kid, you should have as much variability in your movement as possible. But so many people specialize now as a young kid, because I feel like they, they think they need to do that to become this ultimate, you know, football player or baseball player, whatever it is. Um, But in reality, I feel like specialization makes you a worse player because you don't, you're not ready for these variable situations that are going to occur in your sport you're really good at batting or pitching or whatnot, but when you're on the field and you got to catch, like you have to be able to do anything, hop right. over a wall or dive and save yourself or whatever it is. So really interesting. I mean, and 
being variable in your as a kid, you are going to learn how to fall or how to throw a few different kinds of balls, which is going to transfer into a better athlete. I think over, over well-rounded, at least. I will say, uh, I, I ran a little league clinic for a few, a few winters, and one of the drills we we sometimes do is more for fun. Uh, we do diving catches. We'd have this giant like, crash mat, you know, like pole vaulters might land on or yeah. high jumpers or whatever. So we'd pull out one of those mats and then we'd toss like a, a tennis ball and then they'd have to run and dive and catch on it. So that was, that was one way how we, I don't know if our intention was teaching them how to necessarily fall, but you know, getting comfortable with diving and, and landing and making those kinds of plays. Intention so, or not. I mean, I think that's, yeah. yeah, that's a great exercise. Cause you're not, you're getting the, I think fear is half of the battle when you're falling. Yeah. yeah it sounds like a, I mean, I would love doing that as a kid, man. Yeah. That's a great exercise. Yeah. yeah. They have fun with it. How about sliding? You know, you're going to home play. I mean, I'm sure you're instructed on how to slide or is that yeah. another instinctual thing? No sliding. I mean, sliding, it's not a very technical thing, mm-hmm. um, especially in baseball, but there's, there's two different ways to slide. And I mean, you, you learn it in little league. You don't really, touch on it you know up to past middle school because yeah. everyone just now knows the slide is pretty simple mm-hmm. um but you got your your front foot or your your feet first slide and you also have your head first slide which that usually comes on i never got comfortable with doing that i i always feet first i'm like <laughs> screw that yeah not even worth it yeah especially being you know a big boy that's a yeah. that's a long way to, to come down <laughs> um but yeah, basic technique for, for a, for a slide, you kind of create a, a figure four position with your legs. So like this leg comes behind your knee, um, and you kind of slide like that on that um, back hip of the figure four. Okay. Yeah. Figure four. And that allows you to kind of slowly lower, not slowly, but more gradually lower yourself to the ground rather than just like jumping on your butt and just like smoking yourself down and then yep. possibly getting whipped forward. But yeah, gradually lowering yourself down, but like as you're sprinting, so it's not really that gradual landing that figure four, you're leaning back a bit. So that way you can kind of ride that slide out. Okay. If you're forward, you can just get jolted forward and kind of flip. You can see that sometimes, especially yep. if your cleats get caught. You, oh, uh, it can it can create an, an ugly scenario. Yeah. And also keeping that foot up off the dirt that just prevents further further injury. Pretty simple. And then the the the, the head first slide again, you're going grad more of a gradual fall. Sometimes you'll see guys leap and like do these giant, like I don't know, super belly flop down. almost. Yeah, belly flops. And that's just that leaves them a little more at risk for injury and just being out of control. And so a little more gradual where you kind of you're running and then you kind of lower yourself down into the slide. Um, big thing is, you know, force dispersion through your through your thighs, through your trunk, through your arms, you know, having your arms kind of break that fall a little bit, keeping your head up, mm-hmm. try to keep your arms up a bit. You're definitely at risk for, you know, again, wrist injury, shoulder dislocations even concussions if you let your head slam off the ground. Yeah. And that's why I was, it was really interesting when you did that. Um, again, he's doing it on video. So if you guys want to see the positions he's going in, I recommend looking at YouTube when this video goes up, but you're doing kind of that figure four position is actually the exact same type of position I teach when I'm teaching someone to backwards fall, because you're lowering down onto that back hip, but you're okay. doing it in reverse. You're getting down to that back hip and using that momentum to kind of ride out forward. Yeah. 
Um, very similar, actually. Uh, so it, it is part of this is instinctual. You're kind of learning how to do that. And that's just using that force and keeping that upper leg or the front leg up. So you're not right. going to hit it on the ground. But just hearing you talk about this, like in my brain, and again, I'm the fall guy. So, of course, I go this way. As I watch baseball, you know, games like, you know, if I when I was out there, I was seeing the Red Sox and seeing you talk. I feel like learning to fall for some of these athletes, especially at a younger age, so it just becomes second nature for them. Learning to be able to do like a front roll or a shoulder roll or something. So when they, if they do hit their cleats and they're doing that front slide that they can turn into a roll or something, you know, or I mean, geez, man, some of the biggest plays that happen to baseball is when someone dives over the catcher and hits, you know, goes to home plate and kind of rolls out super dope. So I feel like if you want to be just an awesome athlete to do that every single time, like you just need to learn how to dive roll and that protects the, the wrist, the shoulders, everything, and you absorb all that force and kind of ride it out, and you can make a pretty dope play. Yeah, uh, but that's how, that's how my brain goes. I, that's the one thing I've I've noticed in sports is that you have these athletes who have really good athletic abilities, but there's always just like pitching mechanics, right? There's always these energy leaks or these kind of skill leaks, as I think I would call it now, um, of like, all right, if we just made this a little bit tighter, you would have that much better performance in your baseball career. And I feel like falling is that kind of that weird thing we don't think about because it's injury prevention, quote unquote. But man, in baseball, I feel like it would be so useful to be able to dive, catch a ball and then teach your body to roll out of it and instantly get up and throw the ball right off the bat. Um, That's one thing I'm noticing a lot of sports, whether it be football or baseball or basketball, that when athletes have a fall, some athletes are really good at bouncing back up within seconds. But some athletes, they stay down. They have to have to get help from one of their buddies to get up, whatever it is. But I've noticed in a sports performance aspect, if you know how to roll, if you know how to fall correctly, you can be down on the ground, have a huge fall and be up within a millisecond and keep yeah. running down the court or the baseball field, whatever it is. So that's one thing I've noticed about the sports thing. And I've been thinking about this a lot because I'm trying to do this sports series of podcasts. Yeah. Do you think that'd be valuable in your, in your case? Or do you think it's kind of like the sport of baseball? It has its own little niche in that learning to fall isn't going to be as valuable as I think it is. And you, yeah. you can disagree with me too. There's no pressure here. No, I think that, uh, you know, learning how to keep yourself healthy and on the field is super important because if you can't, you know, if you can't keep healthy, like you can't play, you can't perform, you know, what are you doing? (laughs) So I think, uh, yeah, any, any little piece where if you can learn how to keep yourself healthy, keep your, keep yourself safe, prevent injuries, you know, that's going to keep you, you playing and, you know, making it to the next level potentially. Cause if you're always injured on the bench, what coach is going to want to, you know, recruit you for college or yeah, if you're really good, get drafted or whatnot. They're like, this guy's always injured. He doesn't know to stay safe or healthy. So for sure. that, that definitely plays a huge, huge role in it. Would baseball players seek it out? I don't know. I don't know if they think about that. Necessarily. I don't think they would personally. Yeah. I think, I think falling is this, that's why I have this, saying that some people are are very confused about happy falling. I got my shirt on right now, but um, I think people look at falling as like a negative thing, but I'm looking at it as like, all right, if you know how to fall, falling is not negative. Like I do parkour. I throw myself at walls and fall down all the time and roll on purpose. And it's right. Like no one's going to seek it out. Like I hundred percent agree with you. And I think that's a, that's the, the mindset I'm trying to change and athletes, elderly kids, whatever it is, because then you can have that injury prevention. You can get the MLB contract and be a boss and make millions of dollars. But you know, there's gonna be that one fall that'll take you out. I'm yeah, like, man. If you just learn how to fall, you'd still have millions. Yeah. In parkour, do you do like you you guys like run on the walls and whatnot, don't you? Yeah, you can wall run. Yeah, wall Depending run different angles and whatnot. Yeah, depends yeah. what you're trying to do. It's all yeah. I was just thinking. Um, you know, Bo Jackson. Is that a, are you familiar with that name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he he played for the Royals back like late '80s or whatever. But he was uh-huh. 
he also played football um, for the Raiders. So he was incredible. But yeah, he was an outfielder for the Royals. And there's this one play that just came to my mind where he uh, he was running back, tracking a fly ball right by the right by uh, the fence. Yeah, and he catches the ball, and rather than slamming into the into the wall, he goes up. It's one of the most famous plays ever. He just runs on the wall, like I think I've seen this play. Yeah, yeah. Jumps off. Have you seen that play before? I feel I, it sounds super familiar, and I probably was like, yeah. "That is so dope." Yeah, you can quick Google or YouTube search. It'd be right there. It's one of the most famous plays ever. And oh, I think that's super cool. I just thought of that because so often you'll see guys make plays at the fence there and they just slam into the wall. Mm-hmm. And, you know, those walls are concrete. I mean, they have like a little bit of foam padding usually, but they're a lot harder than people think. Right. But yeah. So that's actually, that could be beneficial for, for, you know, outfielders. Absolutely. You guys, you heard it here first. Nick says parkour is useful for baseball. Just throwing yeah. it out there. I don't know. If I'm, I'm... The wall to make a, you know, rob a home run. Yeah, that's useful. That's what I'm saying, man. I'm not going to paraphrase you, but I'm definitely going to say that Nick quotes parkour is better than baseball. That's what I heard. (laughs) I know that. All right, man. Uh, Let's wrap it up. That was a pretty good conversation. So do you have any like final thoughts on any of this? And do you want to tell anybody where to find you and um, where can they see these cool videos you've been putting up and where can they come get uh, some baseball help from you or whatever you want to say to wrap everything up? Yeah, no, I didn't even think to draw a correlation between, you know, science of falling and my baseball work, but I think there's definitely parallels and, mm-hmm. you know, back to Maine, I feel like we could, you know, work together a little bit, maybe, program, yeah. you know, kind of create some cool programs for people that are, that are interested. For sure. um, but yeah, I'm, I'm here in South Portland. I'm working with uh, Dr. Dr. Dan Dallatore. He's a UNE uh, adjunct professor that we had, but also a CrossFitter. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm at, at the Maniac CrossFit gym uh, in South Portland, working with a few uh, younger baseball players. Uh, I got this baseball performance package through Infinite Capacity PT, and if you're if you're interested, you can go to the uh, InfiniteCapacityPT.com, check it out. Got my profile and kind of what I offer. Then my Instagram page is uh, was it Nick Whitaker DPT. So you can search that. I got I got a few videos up there. It's still you know in the beginning stages i'm still working to put out content and, but i love hearing any suggestions of, of things people like to see give me ideas for content and yeah i love yeah. it yeah nick and i are both young struggling pts right now so we're we have <laughs> full daytime jobs while we do these other things in our life but yeah i mean i'm gonna put all that up um if you're watching the video you probably already saw nick's instagram handle and maybe probably the infinite capacity website underneath his you know video right now and if you're on my website, there's going to be a little notes section underneath where I posted this. So check that stuff out. I'll link it directly there. You know, give Nick some business. This man knows what he's talking about. Um, much more about baseball than I do. So don't ask me for baseball advice. <laughs> and um, I appreciate you coming on, Nick. I appreciate you laying down some knowledge. And um, it was just fun to kind of pick your brain. I don't know how this is going to go in terms of baseball and falling. I think I'm really trying to find these new avenues people don't think about, which is actually hard to do because no one thinks about it. So we kind of have to come up with some new ideas there and see what's going on. So I appreciate you. Yeah. Thanks for having me on, man. It was a good conversation. Yeah. Happy to do it. Awesome. So hopefully we'll right. see you see you over on the East coast soon. Yeah. That's the hope. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Hi, right, Nick. Trust.